it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Could you be mine? Would you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood. A neighborly day for a beauty. Could you be mine? Would you be mine? Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. With me, as always, my good buddy, Mysterious Mike. Hey, everybody. Matt, that was good, man. That was good. I thought you were going to screw it up, but you did good. Did you like that? I did like my, that. My Shatner-inspired singing of the iconic... Mr. Neighborhood, Mr. Neighborhood, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood intro song. Yeah, yeah, no, I liked it. I liked it a lot. There was still two more uh, paragraphs to go, but I decided to pass on them because, as I was pointed out earlier, our musical songs are too long in the podcast. So I cut it back. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. I'm okay with it. With that, uh, I'll, I'll just go into it. Uh, this this is about uh, Won't You Be well, My Neighbor? What's, okay, yeah, I was going to say, what's the name of the film that we are reviewing today, Michael? Uh, it's a documentary, a uh, biography about Mr. Rogers. And uh, it's a... Uh, I'll read the plot summary. It's an exploration of the life lessons and legacies of iconic children's television host, Fred Rogers. Um, this was directed by Morgan Neville. And uh, since it's a documentary, it doesn't really have any writers on it. Uh, but it's starring Joanne Rogers and uh, Fred Rogers and Jim Rogers and John Rogers. Uh, Yo-Yo Ma is in this uh, several times. Uh, there's some presidents. There's a, it's 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 got quite the cast of people, and everybody's themselves or themselves because it's a documentary. Yeah, it's archival footage. Yeah, or interviews with his uh, wife Joanne Rogers or his sons. Yeah, all remembering their father and or husband. Yeah, this this uh, movie we. You know, it, it was very limited release when it, it came out, and uh, both Matt and I really wanted to see it. It was very highly anticipated. <laughs> and Matt, what did you think? As most of you should know from listening to previous episodes of this podcast, because we've been talking about it for, I think, two or three weeks at least. Yeah, I think maybe even four weeks, because I think it maybe. was released a little while ago, and it, it had it taken a time to, to get a little bit bigger. Well, I enjoyed this documentary quite a bit. I love documentaries, especially being a former photojournalist. I love true stories. I love real stories. 
I love stories just in general, but I really enjoy documentaries. I watch a fair share of them on uh, Netflix and Amazon and HBO and things. Uh, you know, I like um, that show uh, Vice. That's pretty good to watch. I like watching 60 Minutes. So I'm a fan of the uh, documentary and real news. But um, the only caveat I have on this is I don't know why people are going so crazy over this film saying you have to, have to, have to, have to see it. It's going to change your life kind of thing. And I didn't come out of it feeling like that. I felt that it was a good film. I think it was timed right. It came out at a good time. It was a very well done documentary. Uh, Great interviews. Um, great use of archival footage. Uh, I learned a lot from it. I did not know he was a minister, which is interesting because when I went to work and was telling people at work about seeing this film, I didn't know that he was a minister, and they all seemed to know that, which, okay, I guess I missed that. I don't know. And then uh, a lot of the controversies that were surrounding Mr. Rogers, I did not know about those, and I thought that was a nice little addition that they touched on that it wasn't a large part of the film but it was probably a good solid 15 20 minutes about all the controversies surrounding him that i personally was not aware of yeah yeah for me matt uh just to cut you off a little bit was uh, yeah go for it man i you know grew up watching this uh, like i think millions and millions of other kids but i did not know that it had been on for so long and that he had covered so many controversial topics and that there was this protesting of, of, of Mr. Rogers for some reasons that I'm sure we'll go into here in a little bit, but it was just, uh, and I didn't know he was a minister either. So that, that was cool. I thought it was all very educational. Which is interesting because both of us with our religious upbringings, I figured, oh, well, that's probably why my mom had me watch Mr. Rogers is because he was religious. And I asked my mom, and she's like, no, I had no idea either. So I thought that was pretty cool. My my mother specifically liked to have me watch Mr. Rogers. We talked a little bit about it after I saw it, which inspired her to go see it, and she saw it this past weekend as well. The big reason why she liked sitting me down in front of Mr. Rogers and having me watch him as I was growing up as a as a kid was that he taught you things and he did it like for kids. I was going to say like a kid, but for kids to be able to understand what he's trying to present. And he never talked down to the kids or nothing. She felt that he was a great teaching tool. Yeah. Yeah. And he'd even highlighted his, almost obsession with child development and how the way that the scripts and the way the stuff was written. And in the beginning of the movie, it even states that for whatever reason, Mr. Rogers or Fred Rogers uh, was able to remember his childhood and how he felt. And was always trying to emulate those feelings and, and understood that, where a a child's mindset was and was trying to speak to that. Well, I think a lot of that comes from him and some of the hardships he had growing up as a child, which they touch on very little. They don't touch on a whole lot, but he was an overweight kid. He was bullied a lot growing up. Um, He had a lot of uh, diseases, so he spent a lot of time in hospital beds as well. 
And so that's where he developed this really wonderful imagination that he had. So I think a lot of that, a lot of it stems from that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it did touch on that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Fat Rogers, I think they called him or something. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, it was Fatty something like Fred that. Fatty Fred or something they, like that. Uh, Fat Freddy. Yeah. Fat Freddy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I like this movie too. I'm not sure. Uh, like, this is a good movie, but I'm not sure why there's all this. Um, crazy buzz about this movie. Uh, it, don't get me wrong; it was good. It was a very good documentary. I loved it. It touched me. I didn't get. Well, maybe I should ask you: How emotional did you get, Michael, over this movie? Um, I there was a couple times where you know I didn't get teared up, but uh, you know I was just it was it was a little bit emotional, but uh, I wasn't um, bawling my eyes out or anything. Yeah, well, and see, uh, same thing for me. There was quite a few times where they're introducing and talking about stuff where I'm like, oh, yeah. And, you know, you get a little, you know, not teared up, but you start feeling a little something here and there. But, like, there, I watched a couple of reviews after seeing it where they were saying, like, from, like, the first scene when they, like, open the box and pull out the trolley, like, they're, like, bawling. I'm like, I didn't feel that. It was, yes, it was a major important part of my childhood growing up. And it still sticks with me today, like most people. But I didn't get like falling down, like emotional over it. I mean, he, he did a great job at what he did. You know, he was successful. It wasn't tragic. He didn't, wasn't a child molester. He wasn't, you know, it wasn't dark. It wasn't horrible. He was in all intents and purposes successful at what he tried to do in my opinion now when you look at the world today which is a fun topic we can get into and we could probably have 10 podcasts just on that but did mr rogers and what he tried to bring to society and to the world and to the children even make an effect because think about it he's been doing this since 1968 until 2001 which i had no idea he kept going until 2001 i thought he stopped you know, again, I don't pay attention when I was a kid. Right, right. When right. I stopped watching, I stopped watching. I figured it just ended with me in, you know, the 80s and 90s, early 90s, you know. But yeah. no, he kept going. Now, now Matt, uh, uh, talking about that just a little bit, there's this thing in there where it was, there was like a clip and it was showing, I think, like a Fox News guy talking about. Um, Mr. Rogers created the the um, the entitled generation by telling everybody that you're special and all this stuff. And I am absolutely against that. I didn't think that was what Mr. Rogers was doing, but it's they almost, absolutely nothing but bullshit, if you ask me. I think they were trying to spin that in the documentary just a little bit to 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 say. I, I don't know. I don't know what that was for because it didn't seem like it really belonged in there. But Mr. Rogers would tell everybody that they were important and th- that he like he accepted everybody for who they are, which is great. That's a good message. But it wasn't like everybody gets a medal. It wasn't this everybody's a trophy. It, I, yeah, I don't it- feel like they they were like blurring lines of what his message really was and what 
people were trying to use it as kind of this fake it news. wasn't it wasn't the participation trophy that everybody keeps trying to make it out to that everyone gets a trophy for participating in blah 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 the thing that i found interesting like okay the reason why it was in the documentary i can explain that is because it was news it was news it was in major newspapers across the country and major news outlets it wasn't just on fox news it was on everyone and fox news might have been the first one to start talking about it but everyone, everyone did a story about it. And not a story, more of an editorial, which is an opinion. But that's that's where people really get, especially today, I mean, I can go on, on about this, especially being in the news industry. There's opinions and then there's facts, which is news. And Fox News, specifically network news, CNN, MSNBC, especially in the past 20 years, has really gotten good at blurring the line between news and opinion. And that's an opinion piece. They don't tell you it is, but they say this is an opinion piece. The thing that I found interesting about it is that the clip they use specifically is the Fox News clip. And Mr. Rogers clearly was a lifetime registered Republican. I think they even said it in the movie. Yeah, yeah they he was did. religious. They yeah. yeah, he was religious. Um, I don't think he... They talked about this a little bit about uh, uh, Officer Clemson was a homosexual, and Mr. Rogers did not accept that openly on TV until much later in the show, if at all, really. Well, I think he accepted um, him. He accepted as him a as a person, right? Yeah, but not but, for the show due to what the controversies. Although he did take on a lot of controversies, so. That was a little weird that he didn't take that one on. Well, and I have an explanation for that as well. That is his Christian and religious upbringing because you know that the church and Christianity looks down on homosexuality immensely. And so I think that's why Fred never really addressed that on his show. Sure, he was okay with, uh, you know, Officer uh, Clemens. Or Clemson, I think. Clemson. Officer Clemson being on the show and being his friend and things like that. But I don't yeah, think yeah, he... Yeah, was touching on the race stuff, like, especially at the time. Oh, yeah. And, like, there's a scene where it shows them, like, you know, washing their feet together. And it was, like, it was a message that everybody should be treated equally, I think. Well, they parallel it with a time in, I believe this was the 60s, this was really early on in the show, where um, the civil rights movement was going on, and there was this famous story, or they had news footage of it, actually, where a hotel owner was kicking some black kids out of his pool at the hotel by using cleaning chemicals and dumping it all over them and dumping it all in the pool, trying to chase them out of the pool. Well, Mr. Rogers saw that, and he does the exact opposite. He invites the black police officer to come and put his feet in his pool, and he even offers to wash him. Yeah. So that was just his statement against that, and saying, you know, no, 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 everybody's equal, no matter what. Yeah, and like, he addressed the, the, the Kennedy assassination. Like, I think that was the first week the show was on, which is insane. Yeah, the Robert Kennedy assassination. Yeah, yeah, Robert Kennedy, not JFK, because it was it wasn't on yet. 
Um, but, but yeah, like, uh, but he wanted to explain it for the kids. It, it was amazing. Uh, he definitely did a lot of talking to the kids in ways that kids understood. All right. So Mike, since you brought it up in the last one, you are going to get to deal with it. How does Won't You Be My Neighbor fit with the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oof, man. This was a hard one. This was a a very hard one to relate because it's a documentary. There's not as many people in it. There's mostly people that are themselves. But, luckily... I'm going to ruin this name because I'm so good at pronouncing names. Uh, the guy who worked on Mr. or Won't You Be My Neighbor uh, in the sound department, Arjun Benga, uh, he worked on the Avengers as also in the sound department. Huh. Okay, that makes sense. I could see, I could see something like that fitting out because there's probably not a whole lot of guys in Hollywood that do sound. I mean, I'm sure there's probably a significant amount, but not a ton. So clearly, it would have worked on something. Yeah, but uh, other than that, like nothing with the director and cinematographer. I mean, most of the major cast, there was nothing. Like I was getting real, real nervous there for a few minutes. See, I figured you were going to do something like based on like Bill Clinton or someone like that being in one of the movies. Like there's a clip of probably Bill Clinton in one of them. Or Al Gore or something. Well, I was thinking about doing that, but then I found this guy, so I didn't have to try and... (laughs) Hey, at least you're honest about it. Yeah, no. Um, But, yeah, I I, I like this movie. Um, It it was good. It was was neat to see some of the stuff that I didn't know about how Mr. Rogers came about and, and, and Fred Rogers' role in television and even with the invention of television, how he just kind of was driven to, to be on it and wanted to be a, to talk to the kids and stuff and his whole background in, in child development. It was kind of interesting. I didn't know that he had done all that schooling for that. and It was pretty cool. Well, but, you know... Think about it as well. He grew up in a time where there was no internet, there was no smartphones, there was no Facebook, there was no technology, basically, and radio was pretty much all you had. And they even touch about it. He talks about like the first time he ever saw like a TV. Like he didn't even have a TV as a kid. And to go from not even really understanding a TV to understanding the power of a television and what we really should be doing with it and media and things like that. I mean, that's, that's extremely and extremely intelligent and smart. Yeah. It it did kind of highlight that. It, It seemed like he knew that the TV could be a wonderful tool and he wanted to use that tool and he did to help kids yeah. yeah instead of just showing you know the silly fun stupid stuff or the violence which you know i watched a lot of those shows that they referenced in the documentary of course you know i'm a child of the 80s and early 90s much like yourself yep yep teenage Mutant ninja turtles 
That's why I like pizza. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they had Transformers in there. They had a He-Man, I think, a one clip. Maybe G.I. Joe, too. You know, I watched all those. <laughs> Who didn't, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s? I mean, that was that was our TV, you know? And none of that stuff was really smart. Sometimes they would have some uh, words of, I guess, suggestion. Like, don't do drugs and things like that. But they never really had, like, learning moments like Mr. Rogers did. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Um, although I think Captain Planet, man, recycle, reduce, reuse. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Oh, yeah, everybody loves Captain Planet. Classic. So, anyways, I liked I liked this movie a lot. I thought it was a very well-done documentary, but I do have one thing that I really was kind of disappointed that they didn't have in it. What was that one thing, Matt? Tell me. Are you intrigued? I am intrigued. I personally would have liked to have known a little bit more about his home life. Yeah, it only showed a few ki- like a few clips. And even the kids, it sounded like they had to play second fiddle to Mr. Rogers a little bit growing up. And that was a little bit hard on them. But it didn't dwell on that too much right and that's one of those things that i was kind of interested in knowing and seeing is because a lot of these childhood uh do i want to say icons yeah childhood icons uh, give up a lot of their own family life and being with their children and taking their kids out and you know, to movies and malls and hanging out with their kids to help the world's kids kind of thing. And I always figured Mr. Rogers probably was one of those people that sacrificed his own children for the good of everyone else's. And I really wish they would have had a little bit more of that. It didn't need to be long, but I think they would have had 15 20 minutes. I mean, they had everyone, everyone's still alive in the Rogers family except for Fred. You know, his sons, his wife. I, you know, spend 15, 20 minutes discussing that. I think that would have really added to this film. Yeah. But I think the film wanted to focus on, um, you know, the neighborhood. It wanted to focus on the show. Right, and that's that's true. It did really kind of focus more on the show than on him as a person, but I don't know. I think it was probably split kind of 50-50. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it did talk about some of his stuff in his personal life, of course, because it affects the show. I mean, it's all intertwined, and it's hard to just draw a line in the sand and say, this is the show, this is that. But uh, it was kind of endearing. The, there was one of the um, old... Uh, um, stage crew i don't even know i don't remember his name um but he he was talking about how it was just such a pleasure to work with uh mr rogers or fred rogers because he was such a great guy um he was always really nice to all the staff um it sounded like he had been on some worked on some other projects and that was not always the case well and the i think the point the guy was trying to make as well is that Fred would be sitting there talking directly to the children um, in 
not so much children tones, but like, you know, like any adult would kind of try and relate with children and get down on their level and be on their level, not talk down to them, but be on their level. And when the camera stopped rolling, he was just a normal everyday dude who would sit there and fart around with everyone else on the staff. Like he didn't, he didn't always have that child kind of thing going. He did have his adult sense of humor and he did, you know, go along with some of the adult pranks and things that were going on behind the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah, you're right. They 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 wanted to to show him as a because I guess one of the big questions even in the documentary is is he always like he is on the show? And I guess the answer is yes and no. <laughs> so. Yeah, because I mean, like they said, you know, anytime anyone would see him, he was that guy. Like, and his sons even talk about that when he was home, he was that guy. But it gets that's where it, some of it kind of takes a dark turn, and you find out why he never really gets upset and why he never voices his emotions and opinions and things is basically because he was raised not to. Yeah, he came from a family where uh, you didn't get angry. I think that was explained very early in the beginning of the film, yeah. Well, and it takes a little bit of a dark tone because being taught that as a child, he has all those feelings and emotions, good and bad, just bottled inside him. And as they point out, he uses the puppets kind of to channel all of that, especially Daniel. Like his wife even alludes to it in the documentary about how Daniel is basically who she thinks Fred really is. Yeah, you're right. Yep. He's insecure, he's scared, he's, what if they don't like my show? You know, just like, any, uh, and, you know, not to touch on my own world, but just like any other tortured artist out there. I, I don't care what kind of medium it is, but that's, when you're giving a part of your soul to others to see and judge and view, all artists question it. They all do, no matter who. Right. Yeah. All right, so Mike, won't you be my neighbor? What do you give it in film reels? Um, I, you know, I think I'm going to give this one a four out of five reels. Um, I really like the movie, but I don't think it's quite deserved of all the hype. But it was a very good educational documentary that wasn't too slanted because usually document or actually all documentaries are slanted in some way and it wasn't too slanted and uh it was just neat to find out about fred rogers and and mr rogers in the neighborhood you know it was it was kind of neat to see that because i grew up watching mr rogers just like everyone so uh i i i enjoyed it so I think everyone should go see this. This is this is cool. It's cool that a movie like this made it to the theaters on a little bit more of a wide release. It's probably not going to be there for very long. So if you have a chance to go see it, if it's at your theater, you got to go this week because I think it's going to be gone soon. I, I second that. If you want to go see this movie in the theaters, go see it now because it's going to be gone before you know it because it's a sm- it's. You know, it's an independent film. It's a documentary. Yeah. So, Matt, what what do you give it? What what is your rating? This is going to be two in a row, Mike. But I also give it a four out of five. Now, the reason why I didn't go above a four out of five 
is kind of what exactly we just touched on. Uh, you just touched on. I would have liked to have seen more of the family life. And then uh, the other thing is, it's a great documentary. I think everybody should go see it. But you don't have to go see it in the theaters. If you don't get the chance to feel like, you know, you're missing out on something, because it's a documentary. You don't need to have the big screen. You don't need to have the community. You don't need to have the people laughing. You don't need the surround sound. You can sit down, fire it up on Netflix or Amazon or HBO or whatever, and watch it there. So if you miss it in the theaters, don't kick yourself. Watch it at home. But I yeah, definitely think people should see it. Yeah, I'm sure that this will be on Amazon or Netflix or both fairly soon because it's done so well. And they seem to both support documentaries pretty pretty well. But yeah, that's why that's the only point downgrade that I give it is because you don't have to see it in the theaters. You really don't. It's it's wonderful. It's very good. If you want to have an evening out and you don't know what to see and you don't want to see a summer blockbuster and you want something a little bit more informational, take your kids with you. Go see it. You'll have a good time. They might not get it. It depends how old they are. But it's a well-done documentary. It really is. Yeah, very well done. All right, so on that note, Mike, anything else you want to add about Won't You Be My Neighbor? Uh, no, I, I think we covered it all. This was, uh, this was a good documentary. Oh, did we want to talk about the controversies with the gay stuff? I was wondering if you wanted to touch about that or not, um, or the Navy SEAL thing. I personally never heard either of those, but I guess I was sheltered. I don't know. Maybe my mom just didn't talk to people about that stuff. But uh, go ahead, Mike. Talk about the controversies that they address in the film. A couple more, shall we say. Yeah, there was a couple things where it looked like people were protesting and saying that Mr. Rogers was gay. And I'm not sure why, and it didn't explain it too much. And then there was other rumors that he was a Navy SEAL, and I'm not sure why that was either. But what would it matter if he was a Navy SEAL? It, to me, it would... It was like that would be something that he did before he was Mr. Rogers, so who cares? Right, and that's one of the interesting things. When I was at work, one of the coworkers asked me specifically, well, I thought, you know, she hadn't seen it yet, but she's like, well, I thought it was really crazy that Mr. Rogers was a uh, Navy SEAL sniper in Vietnam, and I'm like, he wasn't. That's a myth. I don't know where that came from, but it's a myth. And I think, just by me guessing, I think that people just can't believe that someone was really this nice and kind to others, that they have to have something in there to make him a little dark and a little evil, and that he's just like everyone else. Not that I'm saying Navy SEALs are evil, but someone inherently trained to kill other people is a little darker than a minister. Oh, well, I guess that's true. I don't, I guess I, when I think of the SEALs, I think of, you know, uh, just the ultimate soldier. And I don't really think that they are weapons of, of murder, but uh, yes, they, they are. Well, I'm not trying to say they're <laughs> weapons of murder. You know what I'm saying, Mike. I, I'm trying to say, I mean, both of us grew up around the military quite a bit. But you know what I'm trying to say, that I think the public or whoever started these rumors was looking for something to tarnish Mr. Rogers 
I don't know, persona or whatever. Rep- reputation, like, uh, right. like, like, yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's like, he's this really nice, great guy, but yet, did you know that he can kill people and he has killed people kind of thing? That's all. I'm not saying anything for or against Navy SEALs, you know. I, I mean, shit, if you really want to get into that, I idolized the living hell out of them when I was growing up as a kid. I used to read books about Navy SEALs and watch movies about Navy SEALs. And, you know, my good friend until I went to middle school, he was obsessed with being a Navy SEAL. He even actually got to the point where he tried. He failed, but he tried. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, uh, it's it's super hard, man. It's super hard to get through, through the training. Um. Well, I think if he would have not been a massive drug addict i think he probably could have been a seal he was that hardcore and dedicated into wanting to be one but he was also a pretty hardcore drug addict when he was in the navy well uh on that somewhat sad note bizarre uh, strange note yeah i i think we're gonna end it um yeah uh thanks everybody for listening Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.